Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody's got a price. Everybody's gonna pay. Million dollar man? Because the million dollar man. Ah, I guess I could have just waited a second here. Brendan and Cam. <laughs> In on Oilers now, WWE Monday Night Raw taking over Rogers' place this evening at 6 o'clock. That's when the pregame show starts for tonight's Oilers Kraken game. That one's live down in Seattle. Climate Pledge Arena, 8 p.m. Jack and Bob have the play-by-play call. Uh, 780-496-0063 is the number to get in touch with us right now. Calls and texts are welcome. That's the uh, River Cree Resort Casino hotline, of course. Also, the Ashley Fine Floors text line. The new floors you've always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. Let's uh, let's quickly catch you up though on, on weekend action for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Okay, they opened up their season with a home and home on uh, Friday and Saturday night against the division rival Red Deer Rebels, and it's going to be a different looking year for the Oil Kings this year. Of course, with much turnover for the guys that were obviously moving on to pro hockey. But in addition to that, Cam, there's some some significant projected returnees that are now going to miss chunks of time with injury, and and that's not going to help this team that's now looking to uh, sort of restart the cycle, I would suggest, after pushing for the Memorial Cup championship over the last two or three seasons. No, not at all. I mean, Jakob Demick uh, is out, upper body. They said he had off-season surgery, so he's out indefinitely. Would have been a 19-year-old forward. He's a Vegas Golden Knight pick, played with Slovakia at the World Juniors. So there's a significant player. And Jackson Weeb, who's a 20-year-old forward and played really well through the playoffs last year and at Memorial Cup. He's out right now, upper body uh, week to week. So that doesn't help either. Tyler Horseman, uh, forward, out upper body, uh, recovering from off-season surgery. So, yeah, they, they've certainly been hit hard by the, the injury bug. Uh, you know, Dylan Gunther, he's in Arizona. Is he going to come back? Is he not? Like, if he stayed in Arizona, that would not be shocking to anybody as a first-round pick. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough weekend. Uh, that they had against Red Deer. Although, they hey, they battled hard in that second game on Saturday down in Red Deer. They were down 2 nothing, got it to 2-2, were down 3-2, got it to 3-3, and, and ultimately didn't get the win. But you could you could see that they were they were battling back. 
Yeah, and they, they've got some players, yep. you know, some veterans on this team. I look at it on the back end in particular, uh, a guy like Logan Dalhaniuk, for example. Yeah. He'll be a, a leader on this team moving forward. And some other young guys that flashed in the Memorial Cup. I thought Cole Miller was a nice addition toward the end of uh, of last season. And John Sabo was getting lots of ice time toward the end of the Memorial Cup as well. And he's an 05 birth year. Shea Van Ulm, an 04, who's played in some of the games last Last year, he's got a sort of a nasty predisposition that he brings to the ice. He'll drop the mitts. And and uh, and then you look at some of the guys that they've brought in, like uh, Mason Finley, Jack Finley's little yep. brother. Uh, how about a Reed Jacobson, a, a journeyman that spent the rest of his career with, uh, with Spokane. So interesting watching how, you know, Kurt Hill, general manager, is going about piecing things back together in the absence of... It's not often a team loses five or six upper echelon players. Like that, that's significant gaps to fill. And they were able to recoup a little. I mean, Rhett Melnick comes in, and uh, Bryce and Andrake both were acquired via the Tri City Americans in an offseason deal. Uh, Jalen Lipen going the other way, although Lipen might play pro this year in the Chicago organization and I know uh, Melnick had a goal and an assist over the course of the last weekend so you, you try to make some some moves like that when you're at the that at that point of your cycle where you move out veteran players to bring in guys that along with picks that uh, can be better for you down the road. And speaking of down the road, let's not forget about the first overall pick in the U.S. priority yep. draft, that being Vern Fiddler's kid, Blake. Big, big body, but an 07 birth year, so you won't see him for uh, the next year or two. However, when this cycle hits the upswing, I think he'll be a big, big piece of that back end. That was an exciting bit of happenstance that every team in, uh, in the WHL had the same odds at that first overall pick. And it just so happened that that Edmonton ended up with uh, with the lucky the lucky ping pong ball, you know, the, maybe the yep. same ping pong ball that fell in 2011 and 12 and 15. I don't know. Maybe there's just something in northern Alberta. We like 50 50s and we got a thing about them <laughs> ping pong balls when it comes to draft lottery time. But anyway, Blake Fiddler is a name for you to file away as a, as a future part of this program. But. Again, in the in the short term, Cam, it's it it might be uh, some a little bit of leanness here as they work to find what the new identity of this team is. Who's going to be the step up and start putting the puck into the net? You know, they turned over most of their top scores from last year. Yeah, and to be expected, you knew they were near the end of the of the cycle. In 2019, that team went to the Eastern Conference Championship and lost to the eventual WHL champion uh, Prince Albert Raiders, and then. You know, 20 was, you know, that got shut down. Then the next year, we just, we didn't have real playoffs. And then last year was kind of the end of it for them. And they won a WHL championship. And and that was a good run. And then it was a quick turnaround when you think about it. After they had three years in a row going to the WHL final or better. And that ended in 2014. And... uh, that, that was the last. That was the last team to WHL team to win yep. the Memorial Cup. So hey, they they were able to turn it around pretty quick when you think about it. Uh, and we'll see how quick they can turn around again. But yeah, that's that's all part of it. That's junior hockey. Uh, you get a good group, they move on, and you have to replenish with with picks, with getting a little lucky, getting some guys 
farther down in the draft that turn out for you that maybe you didn't expect or maybe a guy that wasn't even drafted. You see it all the time of undrafted players come into the WHL and be stars and go on to pro careers. But in the in the draft coming out of, you know, 15U hockey, they they weren't at the top of the class. Doesn't mean you can't be when you're 18 or 19 years old. It's amazing how much changes while you're in the most yeah. significant <laughs> developmental years of your life. It's just amazing how much changes in that. Uh, so listen, the rest of the schedule here for uh, the foreseeable future for the Oil Kings, they've got a home game this Thursday against Regina, Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard. to town. That'll be excellent to watch. And then they're in Saskatchewan for one. They'll jump out there, play Prince Albert, come back home a week later, and uh, and then hit the road uh, for this Washington State road trip. That'll take them out of town for six consecutive games after Thursday. So a little bonding out on the road. That can probably be good for a team early in the year. You know, you, you're forging friendships, the chemistry coming together. I don't think there's anything wrong with having an early season road trip so long as, uh, you know, the ducks are in the row. Everybody's functioning with an iota of maturity. Yes, <laughs> and you can mix in a win or two. Because that trip through yeah. Washington and, and Portland... Like that can be a bit daunting at times as far the crowds are completely different south of the border. It, it's not quite as reserved as it is here in Canada. Uh, <laughs> it, it can be if you're a first year player and it's a big crowd, say it's a Friday or Saturday night and you're in Spokane or you're in Portland or whatever, it, it can get loud and they can be right on top of you. And that if you're right out of minor hockey can be a little much. So I, I hope they're able to get some success on that trip. It rounds out on Friday, October 14th against the team that they faced in the league championship last year. That would be Seattle. I would suggest that Seattle's probably the favorite for the league this year. <laughs> yeah, they'll I, be up there. I, they'll, they'll be right at the top with Reed Schaefer in tow, I, I would like to think. So, you know, a tough test. And then they're home for six in a row. So they get to go out there and do that and then come back to the cozy confines of Rogers Place for six. I'm going to go watch them on Thursday. Yeah, well, you got to uh, see yeah. Bedard while he's in town, right? He was so good at the World Juniors. Like, just amazing. It's When a player like him comes around, yeah. you are reminded that the generational moniker is is reserved for very, very few occasions. You can't call anybody since Connor McDavid generational because there's been a whole generation sure. of players and nobody has hit that level. I think Connor Bedard is the next generational talent when you look at what he's able to do versus players of his own age group or higher. You know, he looks so composed and so dominant, it's almost eerie. Yeah, and that shot of his. I know. Oh he's, it's not Ooh. like he's a big guy. Like, you look at a guy like Yuri Slavkovsky, first overall pick. Yeah. He's a monster. Of course he rips the puck the way that he does. Of course he does. Bedard's a little bit more diminutive in that sense, and yet that shot is heavy. Yeah, it is heavy. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing him play on Thursday and, and see what the Oil Kings have and, and what they look like and what they've learned over the course of the opening weekend. That's the thing in junior hockey from what you see the first weekend to what you see two months down the road can be vastly different. The, the development can happen quickly. So we'll see how it goes. 
143 in Edmonton. Let's take a quick time out here. We'll uh, put a bookmark in our WHL talk and uh, we'll open up the text line. 780-496-0063. What did you see out of the Oilers last night? A 4 nothing win. Did you like Holloway? You got something to say about Puliyarvi? That's the number to text or call. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 45 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon here with you. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. A menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations available online at royalpizza.ca or you can download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Texter says Bedard was ninth in points at the World Juniors and that's just... I'm not sure, four words. Uh, how is he so dominant again? Well, uh, <laughs> you're not playing against your peers because he would have been a, what we would consider a, I get the, a, what would we say, that the back end of his 16-year-old yeah, year? Yeah, it was sort of in 17 playing against a tournament full of 19-year-olds. Yeah, so he had 100 points as a 16-year-old in the Western League. Like, you got to go pretty deep into the archives to you got to go back to the high scoring 80s before you find that yeah so that's that's spoken like somebody who didn't watch him play outside of the world junior tournament where yeah you'd probably be a huge mason mctavish fan um but yeah, yeah I, I would suggest you watch other games of his he's really good trust us <laughs> don't trust us yeah. trust bob mckenzie who sure. it's been the most no doubt top ranked you thought shane wright was a runaway Connor bedard's been a runaway for three years anyway i'm not gonna spend any more time arguing now that's <laughs> absolute silliness what have i done here <laughs> 780 <laughs> Why, why are we giving that oxygen? 780-496-0063. Alex is on the line. How are you doing today, Alex? Do we have Alex? That's not the right thing. Now we have Alex. How are you doing? Uh, hi there. Hi there. Um, well, first of all, I was at the Young Stars Tournament. I live in Summerland, and uh, watching Holloway was uh, was a treat. And I understand he's still keeping it up there. And... Uh, I have uh, my thoughts on Puviarvi. I think the fan base ain't going to be so patient this year. And uh, from what I heard yesterday, he wasn't, uh, I don't know, he wasn't really around, did make an impact. And uh, I have a question. Does Hyman, can Hyman pay right wing? He sure can. Yeah, absolutely. I would not be super surprised to see him on the right side to start this season, to be honest with you. Okay, well, my feeling is this. If uh, Holloway continues to grow, and I know what people are saying, they're being really tentative. You're hearing all the things from coaching and media that he's not going to play on the fourth line and he's gonna, he needs to get real minutes. If he continues to light it up, I'd love to see him on that second line uh, uh, left wing, move Hyman over. Because i got to tell you something. Uh, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, 
Poovy Arvis should get at least a second round draft pick or this and that. I don't think it's going to happen, and uh, I think the fan base this year is not going to have much patience with Poovy Arvey. Uh, thank you very much for uh, having me on, and uh, go Oilers, go. I'm totally stoked. Uh, yeah, it's all I got, buddy. Thanks a ton. Love Alex. it. That's uh, Alex and Penticton, or I guess more accurately, Summerland. Yeah. Summerland. I-, I love that there's Oilers fans in Summerland. Yeah, me too. It, which sounds like an absolutely blissful place to live, by the way. Usually you're you're traveling through on your way to Penticton, but yes. uh, if you're one of the lucky ones living in Summerland, you got a or had a junior B hockey team there. Anyway, was it Summerland Buckaroos? It was the Summerland Sting. Okay, time at one saw. time they were the Buckaroos. The Buckaroos. Yes. <laughs> That might have been in the BCJ <laughs> about mid-80s, I'm thinking. No, yeah, I think it was about that. It was a Summerland Buckaroos. Unreal. Totally predates my time. Yeah. You know what? To the point that Alex makes, okay, let's let's take the fan patience out of this. How patient is the front office going to be if, if this turns into another year of falling on the seat of his pants instead of being able to turn? If it turns into another year of open chances in front of the net that bounce over his stick and I'm just thinking of things that I saw last night in that game the first game back on a three million dollar price tag uh, I think of a, a sequence where he probably had four opportunities to get the puck out of the zone and failed to do so these are not new things that that I'm sitting in this chair and highlighting these are the same problems that Pooley Yarvey had plaguing him last year so if if Alex is noticing that and if I'm noticing that I have to wonder how much patience the front office is going to have for that i would say the patience will be directly uh hinging on how many and who can push up like dylan holloway if if dylan holloway is lights out and continues to be then that patience gets smaller and smaller in other words if you have other options or other players that are are fighting for are demanding ice time because of their play well now you've got those are good problems if you're management or coaches so i think it hinges on on what players do elsewhere if you got nobody else pushing well then you've got a lot of patience Stu was texted us saying hey boys if all the left wingers can play the right side as well what does that say about Yesapuli Yarvi staying here and that's a good point I don't necessarily know that the long-term goal is to turn Zach Hyman into a right winger and I know that Kane can play the right side but again I don't think that's plan a um yeah, Born Fogel can but, play the but right there's side. There's options, yeah. right? There are options. So if you're not playing, I would suspect that you would be replaced. Let's go to David on line number two. David in St. Albert, thanks for jumping aboard. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Excellent, thanks. What's on your mind? Well, I went to the game yesterday. I like to go to the preseason game so I could watch the new fellows play. And I'll be honest with you, that was probably one of the least entertaining games I've ever seen uh, since uh, the new building's been up. Um, the the Puviarvi guy, I, I don't hate him or anything, but you're worried about uh, Holloway taking his spot. Anybody else on the roster could have took his spot yesterday. He just not doesn't look like he's that interested in being here. I'm not trying to pick on him, but he's not noticeable other than his height. Um, the other thing was the best part of my day yesterday was the Studio 99 meal, uh, and I left after the second period. I'll be honest with you. Um, just wasn't that entertaining. Well, I'm glad you had a good bite to eat, and the decor and everything at Studio 99 was worth coming in for, you'd say? 
Well, you know what? I, I've never had a bad meal there. I'm going to tell right. you that right now. Yeah. So it's it, it, it. I go for. I don't go for the whole season. I like to see the new guys come. Um, Holloway looks like he's he could be a pretty good player. The Schaefer boy too. He's going to be pretty good. Uh, they picked a certain type of player there, and I think he's going to be fine there. But honestly, the whole game in general wasn't that entertaining. Uh, it was interesting. They had Vertanen playing on the power play at the back. He looked pretty good on the back line. He'll never play it uh, here on this team, but he looked pretty good on the back line on the power play, and no one would shoot. They they uh, they just didn't release a shot. And that's the thing I don't understand. When Kovi was on the power play, he was sitting kind of behind the net and a little bit in front of the net. But he, if he wants to be on there, he should probably put himself in a spot where it might complement him. But maybe he's got no choice. Maybe it's the coaches telling him to play certain spots. I don't know. I would think so. Yeah, I would think the coaching staff's going to dictate a who's on the power play and what it looks like. But I do see yep. some merit in what you're saying, David, about the fact that if you're six four, you should go park your big caboose in there and make somebody move you out of the front. I do agree with that. Well, they, you know, like he, we all have our own roles. Like Bouchard was there, and then you had Borgo, and I see Borgo. He he seems to be okay. They like to pass a lot. No one pulled the trigger, man. Uh, they had that power play. There was opportunities. I was lucky. I, I had a nice little corner seat. Uh, second period, I got to see them. The rest of the game was terrible, though. I couldn't see down the side because the glass was smeary. But uh, and, and that's fine. And so that's why I kind of go to 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 just watch the stuff. But they just didn't pull the trigger. But to be fair, they have a power play already, right? True. So, exactly. And, and Vertanen, he looks okay. Um, I thought he'd be a little grittier, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Neiman Lyon, I heard he did some hits. I couldn't see down that side. But And, and Samarukov, it's interesting. I think he's left-handed. But they have him playing on the right side the whole game. Uh, maybe they don't have enough right-handed defenders. Is that the issue? I don't think it's a matter of whether it's enough, just the way that it was deployed. And I know that they like a little bit of versatility, at least having one player back there that can kind of bounce back and forth. Philip Broberg can play both sides as a left-handed shot, but obviously the preference is for him to stay on the left. So there may just be too many bodies on the left side, in fact. So you got to have somebody play out there just to, just for numbers. I get it, yeah. And, and to be fair, that Jean-Luc Dubois, is that his name? Pierre-Luc? He was basically, yeah, but that guy, you know, like again, not noticeable. Like, it was the whole game, so maybe it was just the first one. Yeah, it, and that's part of it, David, that it is the you first know? one. And I thought also with the with the power play that, and we Bob and I talked about it on the broadcast last night, sometimes when you get a lot of young players in a game, in their first or you know early in their NHL career, early in early in a, a preseason, they become quite deferential in that they don't want to be the guy to shoot it, and they're giving it to somebody else, and you're almost trying to pass it into the net. And, and I thought there was a bit of that last night. Oh, 100%. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And and so I, I coach soccer in that, and I, I uh, not at this level by any means, but I would suggest to the boys, if any of them are listening to your station, if, if you want to try and make a team, you got to stand out, man. you got a small window here. You need to lay somebody out. You needed to take those shots. You, you needed to make, you know, whip a few past the keeper's head or a top off the post. It doesn't matter, but it kind of tells me who you are a little bit because I'm looking to see what's a natural thing for you, right? And so... 
I, I don't know. It was, um, I don't know, maybe nerves. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Maybe nerves for a lot of the boys. Well, it wasn't that entertaining of a game. I don't know what you guys thought of it. but yeah. Well, yeah, I think part of the problem is the three of the goals came in the third period, and you would stop watching yeah, at you'd... that point by the sounds of it. So all the excitement oh, you left. walked away from. <laughs> I left, guys. I left. I, I Honestly, I left. It was good. I seen what I had to see, and, and it wasn't going to change for me at that point. Uh, unfortunately, it was the wrong end, hey? I was at the other end. So if I ever go again, I got to make sure I'm at the end that the Oilers are attacking for two periods instead of uh, defending, right? Skinner looked good. <laughs> yeah, he was right. good. Appreciate he the call, David. Uh, we're running up against the news break here, my man. But thanks for uh, for timing in. Hopefully the next time you're there, you enjoy more than just the meal. You enjoy the whole darn thing. But uh, I know the Oilers... Uh well, they'll be putting on a show every step of the way here as uh, as we move forward, not only in this preseason, which continues tonight, and then five games in seven days for this team. So there's going to be a lot of action, a lot of time for people to stand out and sort of make those make those key plays, right, that David's talking about. I, yeah, you got to do something that obviously kind of pr- uh, pricks up the ears of the coaches yep. in that sense, right? So whether it's a hit or a goal or whatever. Time yeah. to shine, baby. Time That's right. Because right <laughs> in some cases, that window isn't open long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Quickly to this day in Oilers history, it's brought to you by New West Travel this November. Join the Oilers now uh, road trip to New York. You'll see the Oilers play the Rangers and the Islanders. Details at New West Travel. Uh, call them or go to newwesttravel.com. There we go. Back to 1995, Oilers forward Brian Marchment suspended five games by the NHL. Kneeing incident against Winnipeg's Jason Simon in an exhibition game. I guess he's that kind of player, right? I guess. <laughs> the late Brian March. Yes. That is. Uh... Well, wishes to him. Tomorrow, Frank Saravalli from uh, Daily Faceoff. Oilers assistant general manager Brad Holland and Bob is back to host. Up next, Kevin Robertson has your global news weather traffic update. Then Rob Breckenridge and Jalen and I. Thanks for tuning in. It's Brendan and Cam saying so long.